Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop. It's me. It's Michael. It's the glossary part two. So come check us out, youtube.com slash Brodo Fantasy, or you can find us wherever you get your podcast, or you can find us on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. That's right. We got an app, and it's not just for our content. That's just part of the app. The app is for you to become your own expert. Every single thing you need to dominate fantasy football is there, every single stat, including exclusive stats that you can only find on the app, including true throw value, true target value, true player grades, true performance value. Oh, my God, there's just so many. Uh, Defensive points over average, true matchup ranking, a.k.a. Oof, just too much, and you can get it right now on the app, and it's free for a limited time. Go check that out while it's free, and come support brotofantasy.com. yeah, that's it. Let's start the show. I'm a, I'm gonna do the right the right intro this time for sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Nailed it, Tim. For the first time. In a long time. Add me back to this picture, please. <laughs> we have a part duh. Part two. Fantasy glossary part you know, duh. I used to hate it, but now it makes me nostalgic for Jason, so I like it. <laughs> duh. Man, man de- Jason's does were so annoying. Because he wouldn't say duh anymore. He'd just go duh. Part and he'd duh. like stretch it out. It was so annoying. It's like the Raiders. No, I don't know. The Ra- the Raiders thing is so stupid. You guys are so stupid. <laughs> uh, they don't even do that. They, they do the John Madden. The Raiders. No, not the John Madden. Um, John Gruden. The Chris Berman. Chris the Berman. Raiders. But they've gone so off the deep end with with uh, with an impression. Like first of all, that was horrible right off the bat. <laughs> Right, so you guys never had a good impression of it, and then you butchered it even further. Tim, you sound like a hater, bro. <laughs> Look, listen, I hate it. So yeah, I guess so. I guess what I'm a hater. Do? His life. Wow, I just saw your X word. I'm so I'm so flabbergasted by that, and I want to know what yeah. it is. All right, I keep accidentally clicking on things. Yeah, I just saw that. All right, so let's oh, get started. Oh, that's for you. You're a hater. Oh. <laughs> um, look, so if you you haven't listened to us in a week, um, we're here again. This is part two, although we are recording right after. So we're definitely on the on delay on this one. So with that being said, if there's any DeAndre Hopkins news and we mentioned DeAndre Hopkins here, uh, we we might have done a emergency podcast about it. So go check that out. We might have done that. I'm not sure um, if he did sign. I don't know. I can't tell the future. This is me two weeks ago talking right now. So there's there's no way for me to know. But if he did, uh, congratulations to whatever team got him. All right. So the last one we did was L. Michael played loose with the rules and cut it off. Yeah, Tim, I actually uh, I realized L was uh, the 12th letter. I miscounted. We should have done one more. What do you mean the 12th? So now we got 14. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. That's 10. K-L. Yeah, 12. Yeah, Mike, what is this? You're yeah, supposed to be the math guy. What I is was this? Like, I was just, exactly, the math guy. I was just like, wait a sec. Tim, I'm even. Tim's odd. Why am I not starting this yeah, episode? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You should have been starting. Yeah. Michael, what is this? Get your shit and go. You're I fired. Fucked up. I fucked up. 
All right. Let's start this in the most uh, extravagant way possible, and that's with the word mediocre. All right. So I need someone to explain something to me. All right. Because need to. I need to understand. If you continue to make the same mistakes and continue to have the same reasons be the downfall of you, are you going to continue doing the same thing? No. And this one and, and this one could be a little bit different if DeAndre Hopkins decides to join this particular team. Hmm. But the Buffalo Bills have made absolutely no offensive changes yeah. whatsoever besides one little tiny running back may, maybe upgrade. Strange. It doesn't make any sense because it's the same issue that has been getting you in trouble year after year after year. It's when the going gets tough, you got Stefan Diggs and no one else. And it's cost you. And the only time that Gabe Davis has has made it made his mark on this world five TDs in the playoff game, you lose that game too. So you needed something here. You needed to draft it. I mean, they drafted a young tight end, but I'm gonna go in, into detail later. You don't play young tight ends because they have no fantasy value, and that really doesn't come to a statistical value then. You needed a guy on the opposite side, and the guys were available, man. Guys were available. Like, a, like even if it was like an, an Elijah Moore or something like that. I know you're not getting it from the Jets, but like a guy like like that on the outskirts. Someone that you can mold. That's not Gabe Davis. Because this will be the third year now you're going into the season when Gabe Davis is your number two receiver. And you're going to pay the price of Gabe Davis. It's just like exception, accepting mediocrity. And for the Bills, I think this is a really important season for them. Like, there's only so long your Super Bowl window could last. They got a bunch of contracts coming up. They're going to have to extend Josh Allen after Joe Burrow gets his extension. After Herbert gets his extension. They all, they're all going to need to get extended, these guys. So, this is your best chance this season. And you don't make any moves besides swapping Devin Singletary for Damian Harris. Which, in the end of the day, could be a great move. But he doesn't even give you that extra element of a pass catcher out of the backfield. In fact, he's known for being a horrible pass catcher. So I just don't get it on the side of the Bills. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being a hater because I'm a Jets fan. But I believe that, like, I kind of root for the Bills because I was on the Sean McDermott bandwagon way before they were good. I just thought they're a well-run organization. If you look at their drafts, they just draft really well. I'm a fan of how they did it. I'm a fan of how they turned things around. I, I I thought Josh Allen was the best quarterback in that draft as well. Right? So I like everything about them. I don't know. I don't know, man. It just it, it just screams to me mediocrity. Yeah, they're like the uh the KD Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. They just keep making it to the playoffs. So I always have people like this is the year, and then they get washed by a better team. And it's always because Russell Westbrook turns the ball over. Because you Who's got Russell Westbrook in this scenario, Gabe Davis. <laughs> that seems a little harsh. He I mean, huge. It's because he he's not the past. He's not the yeah. That's true. But he's not the. Let's put it this way: He's Gabe Davis in the way of he's not the guy that you think he is like i think now russell westbrook has proven he was never the guy that we thought he was even when he won the mvp that year like he was never that guy he was 
a good player, but never a superstar. I mean, a, a, like a championship level superstar. And I think Gabe Davis is the same. He's not a number two receiver. He hasn't proven it. You're disrespecting Russ a little bit, but that's neither here I, nor I, there. Fine. Fine. Moving on. Moving on. You're not my N, my N is for nonsensical. As in the Detroit Lions draft was nonsensical. Huh? The Detroit Lions, a team with a dynamic offense, a team that turned up in the second half last season and has huge potential and a lot of momentum going into this season, decided to spend the 12th overall pick on a running back despite the fact that they had signed David Montgomery and that they had DeAndre Swift on the roster already. With the 18th overall pick, took Jack Campbell, an off-ball linebacker from Iowa. An off-ball linebacker is falling out of favor in today's NFL. And then in the second round with the first pick, Sam Laporta, a tight end out of Iowa. Tight ends, as Tim will mention and has mentioned, don't tend to make big impacts their first year on a team. So a win-now team like the Detroit Lions decided to spend their first three picks, top 34 picks, like almost you could argue it's basically three first-round picks on positional needs that don't make sense for a win-now team. And Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and um, Jack Campbell. So I like the Detroit Lions. I think they have a lot of upside, and I think they're going to be good this season. But their their draft left a lot to be a lot to be desired from a pure NFL football standpoint. Church. Church. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I mean, I for I think they had a great offseason in general. The draft is because they have Malcolm Rodriguez at that position as well. Malcolm Rodriguez was a six round pick who played really well. So like you're kind of strengthening a strength already. But I like how they approach the offseason. I think they made a lot of good uh, additions in the offseason. I would have liked to see them add a little more wide receiver, in my opinion. Maybe because DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe. Maybe. That would be a good one. Uh, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, on the, the block. Well, where'd that go? On the block is my O for this one. Because I think there's four players that still have a chance to be traded. Uh, maybe okay, in fun. between. Hopefully not like in between now and when this airs. I think you're looking at the duo with Tennessee, right? How good does Tennessee think they could be this year? And if they think they can't be good, why not, you know, go all in, get what you can for Derrick Henry, get what you can for Ryan Tannehill. I think those two guys still have an opportunity to be shipped. If I had it my way, personally, I'd love to see Ryan Tannehill go wear a Falcons jersey. And I'd love to see Derrick Henry go wear a Buffalo Bills jersey. I think that those two um, would be the perfect landing spots for these guys. I think James Conner is now the lone, like, aging player. Let's put let's put in quotation superstar in that uh, Cardinals on that Cardinals team. Superstar. Like in quotations, you know, like in terms of like high level offensive producers, you can't say he's not a high level offensive producer. Right. So they're Kyler Murray's on the injured list. They got I mean, they still have Hollywood, I guess. So he's not the only one, Um, man. I feel bad for Hollywood. He left Baltimore like to, you know, to get his 
and another high flying offense, and that's a shit show. Yeah, it's a complete shit show. Um, so James Conner and like I mentioned in the last episode, Devontae Adams. I think there's still a chance. Devontae has been speaking very uh, rather candidly about the fact that he is not on the same page with the moves that the Raiders made. Um, he said he did not come to the Raiders for to, for money or anything like that. He came to the Raiders to be number one, show people that he does not need uh, he does not need Aaron Rodgers. That a quarterback does not make him. I think he definitely showed people that last year. And number two to win a Super Bowl. He thought that they could win a Super Bowl. He was not there to like hang out with his best friend or whatever. But he's not happy with the quarterback change, and I don't blame him. So I think that we have a chance here. We have a scenario where Devontae Adams gets moved. He did basically go there to play with Derek Carr. Yeah, he said that that's not really the reason why he went is because he thought that they had a championship roster, so that's why he went there. Um, Sure, it had a lot to do with it, though. I mean, the fact that he believes in Derek Carr had to be the biggest factor in that decision. And now you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who is – known and who his team has faced off with and game planned against in the playoffs for years. Like there's been multiple San Francisco 49er um, Green Bay Packer games. So they've seen him up close, close and personal in the big spots, you know? All right, Mike P what do you think? You think any of those guys get traded? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they, they each of them have a, a decent show. They're all in situations where they can be traded. I don't think like like I don't think James Conner would really be traded. Maybe he gets traded for like a sixth or seventh round pick later on in the year, just because he'd be so cheap. But the big name guys, I could see it happening, especially like Devontae Adams. Who would be your your uh I already know the answer to this question, but who would be your ideal fit for Devontae Adams? I mean, yeah, it's the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers reunion. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Aaron Rodgers Rodgers said, like, if I could throw to anyone, it'd be Devontae. Like, he literally said that. Yeah, I mean, who could blame him? Those guys. That's probably the most, out of all the successful connections that Aaron Rodgers has had with with guys, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, James Jones, you know, Randall Cobb, the list goes on. Devontae Adams has been the most successful, easily. All right. Jordy Nelson had some big years, but, yeah. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, he he was never Devontae Adams. Yeah. All right. Michael. Yes. P. Michael P. P. Give us yeah, P. P, is, P is for Patropolis. Michael, show us your P. P is for philanthropic. Like because it. there's one specific sounds, team. I, that sounds like an F, so technically you're cheating, but we'll let it go. Yes, I'm my fault. You don't know how to spell, Tim. Okay. Because one specific team has been very, very kind to other teams. They want to see other teams succeed. They don't care if they lose, if it's for the overall good of other NFL teams. And that's the Houston Texans. Giving the Arizona Cardinals the huge haul for Will Anderson to move up to number two overall after they took their quarterback first overall. All these idiots out there saying, no, the trade was for Bryce Young. They wanted to draft Will Anderson. That's not how it works. They already drafted. DJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Yeah, sorry. They already drafted CJ Stroud. That's not how it works. Okay? Like, <laughs> they had CJ Stroud on their roster. If they didn't trade up to number three, they'd still have CJ Stroud on their roster. And quarterbacks go for way more than defensive ends like Will Anderson does. And they traded away next year's number one overall pick or number two overall pick, more than likely, a second round pick. Like, it was just an absolute 
abysmal trade for the Houston Texans. So, but super kind to the Arizona Cardinals and to the rest of the NFL. They said, the Cardinals, we want you to, you know, be a good team again. And rest of the NFL, we're just going to continue sucking. And you guys will not have to worry about us for several years to come. So shout out to the Houston Texans for caring about the the feelings of all other NFL teams. It's very nice, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a world where you just can't stop, but can't help but stop and see the greediness. You know, there's always the Houston Texans out there to help everyone else. Exactly. Right now, uh, if you're going by Vegas okay. odds, it's right now the Cardinals are the favorites to have the number one and the number two pick next year. Yeah, tremendous. Tremendous. All right. Uh, not tremendous. My cue is for QAnon. All right. So why QAnon, Tim? What kind of <laughs> shit is this? Because it's a For conspiracy real. theory. Oh, hey. Conspiracy theory that people are believing is fact. The conspiracy is theory is that this old coming off two major knee surgery receiver, a new high flying offensive coordinator, and a new contract, if you follow those breadcrumbs, you have a Ravens offense that's going to be all of a sudden this high-powered, high-flying situation. It's conspiracy. Conspiracy, I tell you. Conspiracy, I tell you. Look, look, do I think Lamar Jackson has a chance to be very good? Yes, I do. But all I can tell you is this. Lamar Jackson has struggled in his career throwing outside the numbers. Uh, Lamar Jackson in his MVP season, his best year, it was not a coincidence that he set the, the record for most rushing yards in the season. Is Lamar Jackson a good passer? Yes. Is Lamar Jackson someone who should not be leaning on his legs? No. He should be leaning on his legs. This better attribute. Now you're bringing in Tom Mockin, who's a spread offense kind of guy, less running. Uh, it, there was a recent interview with Lamar Jackson, and he straight up said, we're going to pass more. Are we going to run as much? No. Like straight up, like did not sugarcoat it. No, we're not going to run as much. We're going to pass more. I'm excited about Todd Monken because we're going to pl- pass more. I'm excited to pass more because we have great receivers on the roster. These are all conspiracies at this point. There's no proven truth behind anything that, w- that was said. But people are taking it as fact. They're digesting it. They're, di- they're taking the blue pill. Maybe the purple pill in this situation. Don't take the blue pill. Wait and see. Just like QAnon. If you would wait and see, you would see that the guy who collects pens takes pictures of pens, and he owns the pens, and it's the strange guy from Thailand. I don't know. You didn't see Down the Rabbit Hole on on HBO. You got to watch it, bro. It's about QAnon. It's just these, bro, it's the QAnon. Do do do, Do you know a lot about QAnon? I know it's a like some wild conspiracy shit. The, it's people who think that there's like a government agent telling secrets, and the person who ran it, the people who ran it, are these weird porno obsessed like uh, guys who live in Thailand, and they're just trolls. They're just like they just love trolling. They're just the trolliest trolls, and they literally got our capital like insurrected. It's wild. Yeah. Are is are the Ravens going to insurrect this uh, this this top 10 list of offenses yet to be yeah. seen? Yeah. NFL um back to the NFL now. 
I do. I do agree. I just sat here explaining QAnon to Michael. I do. That's agree what the people come for. That the Ravens' offense may be a bit of a a conspiracy theory here. I want to see how it see how it goes. Michael, but, do you like that I put the Colts helmet on top of this thing? I can't yeah, see the see Colts that. helmet. Where is it? See it right there. Oh, I see it. Nice. Yeah. Little little je ne sais quoi. All right, Michael, you're on R. Yes, I am on R. This one's going to be short and sweet. Just a shout-out to the newest super rich man in the NFL. Well-deserved. Jalen Hurts, five-year, $255 million contract extension for a guy who got sat in the national championship game for Tua when he was in college, transferred to Oklahoma, balled out, got drafted in the second round, he uh he didn't start his first year. He had even this going into last season, people thought Jalen Hurts, some people thought he'd lose his job to Garner Minshew, and they weren't sure if he'd even be able to <clears throat> maintain the stay at the QB position like throughout his career. And all he did was absolutely dominate the entire season with the Eagles and take them to the Super Bowl, where they ultimately fell to the Kansas City Chiefs. But tremendous season from Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and now Jalen Hurts is one rich, rich man, a quarter million dollars when you take into account all incentives and everything. Over $110 million is fully guaranteed. Like, quarter shout billion. out to Jan Hurts. Quarter billion with a B. Quarter billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. See, it's just so much money that I <laughs> I got it wrong. I'll take a quarter million if anyone's giving it out. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sure, sure. But we'll yeah, do the things so, with it, I promise. Shout out to Jalen Hurts, who is now a super, super rich man. He deserves it too. I think as much as you're paying Jalen Hurts to be your quarterback, you're paying him to be your team's leader. And there's no better team leader than Jalen Hurts. This guy, everything he does and everything he says impresses me every step of the way. Maybe and he's beast. he's been like that since college. Like I remember seeing him after the game where he got benched and he was giving nothing but credit to Tua. And then he transferred and he had nothing bad to say about Alabama. He was just focused on what he's doing with Oklahoma. He want like he always gave credit to his teammates and always was the first one in, last one out kind of situation. I I I think it's a great deal by by uh, Philadelphia and man, I don't know how he slipped the second round. Yeah. yeah, if you if he was coming out in this year's draft with like how I don't know even since he was drafted and this is only what his third year, the like the quarterback dynamic has shifted so so much um, to the athletic side. All right, let's go to this one. All right, Michael. Salutations. Not everything I do is positive with these running backs. All right, I know I've been given a lot of running back propaganda. All right, but... You are the propaganda machine when it comes to the running backs. i just like to also just wave goodbye to some of these high-level running backs that I think this year are going to make a lot of people sad. Number one, I'm going to wave goodbye to you, Ezekiel Elliott. You were good to us. Um, it's pretty obvious why we're waving goodbye. You took an obvious step back. Um, you're not even on a team right now, Zeke. And it's not your fault. You'll find the team. But you're no longer in the realm of the highest. Of the elite. Dalvin Cook, another guy. Look, you might re-sign with the, with the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings re-signed Alexander Madison. That shows me. That they want to hand over the reins. But, you know, people forget that back in the day, a running back being like a mentor to another running back was not a rare thing. It was a very common thing. 
you know, it wasn't it wasn't rare at all. I don't know. I said, I, Michael, I don't know if you mentioned if I mentioned that it's rare. Uh, no, but for real, it was a, it was a common medium thing. rare. Yeah, medium rare with a side with a side of steak fries. I uh, know, but it, like this was what was done when running backs were drafted number one overall. Like that sounds crazy to you youngins, but I lived in a time where I remember when running back was the most sought after position on the offense. The rookie Williams team. trade. Yeah, I mean they traded Redic- the the Eric Dickerson trade, um, the plethora of number one overall picks at running back. So this is how it used to go. I think that, uh, you know, salutations to Dalvin cook. He's also not technically on the team right now. Um, is he not on the team? Next technically not on the team yet. Although the, the, the rumors have it that he'll be back with the Vikings. Leonard Fournette also not with the team. I think he overestimated his value. And when he decided to, uh, take a, you know, be out with, uh, the Buccaneers, and those are a little more obvious. These two, I think, is just projection. I think Aaron Jones. Um, I think that we're going to see a little bit of a shifting of the guard into A.J. Dillon. I think you started to see that last year. I think that Aaron Rodgers is very smart, and he's always been a, a check down to the running back type, type of guy. Uh, Casanova did an article that we should republish because it's a great article about where the targets for running backs come from, and quarterbacks have a big are a big factor uh, for that. So it worries me about Aaron Jones' reception totals and Joe Mixon because fuck it, we haven't we haven't made fun of Joe Mixon on the show in a minute since Joe Burrow was drafted. Joe Mixon's been bailed out. All right, so we haven't had a chance to shit on Joe Mixon, but here it is again. Joe Mixon, there's nothing here that really says it. I just am rooting against you because you you hit women in bars and you're overrated as a running back, and that's why I'm rooting against you. Yeah, anyone would ball out. In that sense, the offense. I mean, Samaj Piran was so clearly a better fantasy player every time Mixon was out last year. Just like everything. Just like Gio Bernard is always it's a better fantasy every player. Year. It's been right. like that every single year. Every time Mixon's out, the backup comes in and has better fantasy mm-hmm. games. And then Piran right. even played above, uh, over Joe Mixon in the playoffs. I remember that. Wow, I forgot about that. A lot of people say it's because pass protection. That's QAnon theory. Uh, Michael. Um, Europe, the best letter in the alphabet that there is, in my opinion. That T. big old T. That's right. I don't know. That's my initial. Get it? Timmy. Get it? Yes, I get it. Do you get T it? is for <clears throat> tanking. I Look, I have always been one to say teams don't tank. And when I say that, I mean the players specifically don't tank. Like everyone who is like, oh, the – the Texans lost out on Bryce Young this past year because they scored with a minute left like to beat the Colts when they should have just lost the game. These players are out there playing for their lives and their careers every single snap. They don't give a fuck who's getting the first overall pick the next season when you're playing for a contract. But we are now in the offseason, and it is very clear that the Arizona Cardinals, their front office, is tanking. They... Trade they released DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't even trade him. They just straight up cut him, and they're eating the twenty-two million dollars. They made that trade with the Houston Texans to get next year's first-round pick. Now they're in line for the first and second overall pick. They're clearly not going to make any more moves to improve their team. I would not be drafting Kyler Murray in redraft leagues at the moment unless something changes, because there is no reason for them to play Kyler Murray, like just let him fully recover and then go ahead and draft Caleb Williams next season 
or you know maybe trade out of it if you do believe in Kyler Murray, whatever. But the Arizona Cardinals are clearly front office that is clearly tanking at the moment, clearly looking to reset. Um, and rightfully so, that team is an absolute mess. I think they're doing it the right way. That trade with the Houston Texans, I, if I was an Arizona Cardinals fan, I'd be very excited about that trade. Yes, this is probably going to be a lost year, um, but you have a chance to bounce back in two or three years if you're able to, I mean, if you do get Caleb Williams or, I mean, I'd I'd 100% take Caleb Williams and trade Kyler Murray, but that's that's something to that we'll have to see in the future. The Cardinals have already done it in the past with Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray um, himself a couple of years ago. So, yeah, Cardinals tanking respectfully. The players well, aren't tanking. The front office is tanking. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what Hollywood's thinking right now, like right at this moment. Yeah. Probably I think he's thinking I shouldn't have requested a trade. Or maybe he's thinking, what should I get on Uber Eats? Bet you that's, that's, that's definitely what he's thinking. Well, in Arizona, it's roughly 7, 38 o'clock. Yeah, sure. Dinner time. All right. So <laughs> I have something here. You for underrated. All right. You. And I just want to preach something because another thing that I hear is I'm tired of the Jared Goff slander, man. Look, I've mentioned this many times. I'm going to repeat myself. I'm sorry if you've heard this many times. Jared Goff was never that good. He was okay. He has top 10 potential, but I'd, I'd liken him to Kirk Cousins, like a very good player, but maybe not someone that can get over that hump, right? But he played really well. In his first couple seasons as a starter after McVay came over, after he got away from, from Jeff Fisher. And he was the number one pick overall, so everyone crowned him. He had the MVP consideration, so everyone gave him that crown. And when he failed, when he had that crown on, let's remind, let's remind people, he went from, uh, in 2019, I mean, sorry, 2018, 40, 4,700 yards and 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He still scored, he still threw for 4,600 yards, but he followed that up with 22 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Way worse here. And then in 2020, failed to get to 4,000 yards, just got to 20 touchdowns and threw 13 interceptions. And then in Detroit, had a very mediocre year in his first uh, start. So when you put those together after you're talking about MVP, people automatically count you out. They are. You know what? Get let's get this guy out of here. We know who he is. Well, last year Jared Goff balled out, and I'm tired of people not giving him credit. People are out here acting like the Lions were stacked with weapons. They talk about, oh, the Lions' offense was good. The Lions' offense was this. The Lions' offense, yeah. And then they, in the same breath, they say, but they need an upgrade over Jared Goff. Like Jared Goff was the reason. Jared Goff, Michael. Let me ask you a question. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown, great player, right? But should be noted, fifth-round wide receiver, right? So not a guy that you're coming in with with this pedigree. Jamison Williams didn't play a single snap last year. Michael, Amon Ross oh, St. Brown. Did. At the end, he caught like the one. You're right. Play, I don't know, you're right. He caught, yes. He, he, I'm sorry. Irrelevant yeah. either way. He had one reception for nine yards. Last didn't he? No, he caught that long touchdown. No. I'm sorry. It says one reception for 41 yards. Oh, yeah, one reception on nine targets for 41 yards. So he caught a long touchdown. That was his only play of the year. 
right? Amon Ross St. Brown was great. 1,600, I mean, 1,161 yards, six TDs. Pretty good. Michael, do you know who the second leading receiver on the Lions was last year? Um, it's Khalif Raymond or Josh Reynolds. Khalif Raymond, and yeah. then DJ Chark, and then Josh Reynolds, and then TJ Hawkinson is next on that list, despite the fact they only played seven games. This is not some high-powered offense we're talking about here. This is not some, oh, my God, look at these weapons carrying Jared Goff to the finish line. This team put up 30 points a game with this with throwing to these people. Yeah. And Jared Goff gets no credit. So, I, I'm so, like, like people should be praising this dude, man. But they they already, they wrote, they wrote him off. We know what you are. We've seen it before because we had these lofty expectations with you that you couldn't reach in the first place. You fell below those expectations to the point where you're underrated now. He was so overrated that he's underrated. And Jared Goff, I think he's a guy who, if you're Detroit, you could win a Super Bowl with him under center. I really believe that. He did make it to a Super Bowl already. Yes. And who would have known? Who knows if he would have played a team that didn't have spy cameras inside of the practice facilities, what would have happened? That's right. I'm shitting on you, Patriots, even years later. That's it. I'm shitting on the Patriots. Anyway, but they did. They got shut out in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like, if they only had, like, three. Like, they got it. They did not make it to the it end was, zone. It was a really bad game. I remember the play. Do you remember the play? Specifically, Garrett Goff. Jared Goff fucked this one up. When Brandon Cooks came wide open and he overthrew him in the end zone. And Vaguely. then the. And then the next play, they tried again, and he threw an interception in the end zone, and he just like ruined the entire. That yeah. that was it for the game. Yeah. Anyway, oh uh, yeah, Jared Goff, stop with the Jared Goff slander, please. Like, can we give the man some credit? Go off, Tim. Go off. Let's give Get the it? man some credit. All right, Michael. Go off, like yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Thank you for golf. explaining. Thank you for explaining that. After everyone knows the best jokes need to be explained right after. Golf. <laughs> Michael, you're you got the V. Show people your V. V is for violence. You got all the sexual letters. You got you had D. You had V is V is for vigilant. (laughs) Violent. This is a vigilant. No, violent. In ode to vigilant is vigilant. You said a real word. (laughs) Just mispronounced it. You're not wrong. No, I was trying to. I was just saying violent, but I added a vag in the front. <laughs> I, I yeah. Thank you, Michael. But it Again, turns out, yeah. I, another amazing joke that must that had to be explained. I get. Yeah, I got it. Plus, vigilant spelled. With Shut nine. up. <laughs> Anywho, violent because the uh, dangerous, violent kickoffs that we've grown accustomed to in the NFL that have been slowly dwindling away. Goodbye to those because they implemented a new rule this offseason. If you missed it, any fair catch within the 25 yard line will now place the ball at the 25 yard line on kickoffs. It's no longer try to kick it to the five yard line or two yard line to force the other team to return it. It's now no matter what, anywhere inside the 25 yard line, rave your arm and you started the 25. We are probably going to... I think we may average less than one kick return a game. Honestly. There's almost no reason to return a kick at this point if you don't have 
uh, Cordero Patterson or like a, a Devin Hester, Dante Hall type of guy. Those guys too, like though they made their careers out of that. Devin Hester, Dante Hall played some decent cornerback. You know, those guys are basically like kickoff special, kickoff return specialist Cordero Patterson for a lot of his career. They're gonna have to like go extinct, kind of like they're gonna become a much rarer breed because do you really need to keep on your fifty-three man roster a player like that when you could start at the twenty-five almost every single time now, basically no matter what. So goodbye, violent kickoffs. It's been fun. Definitely better for you know the NFL Is it, safety for NFL know. safety measures. Now what? what? There's there's a lot like percentage wise way too many concussions come from the kickoff because just people running full speed at each other from yards away like 30 50 yards away is there a lot of debt on that i haven't seen that much debt on that yeah there it was i think they're i think they're projecting like at least a 10 percent decrease in concussions this year just because of this new rule so if that actually happens then then i'm for it even though it is upsetting look as a fan to watch it you know I'm a I'm a player safety guy. So if I'm if if it's for player safety legitimately, I'm down. It's not going to make that big of a difference, but I will say this. This doesn't seem this just seems like uh a move that might just be a uh a more for PR than it is for actual saving people. Uh, I might not be familiar with the numbers, but I didn't think that there was that much going on during the kickoffs. I thought that they it was Basically the same. So we shall see. We shall see. We if shall. it's not, if it's just for PR, that's whack. All right. My W is Will Ferrell, the actor. <laughs> Why? Why Will Ferrell? There's a uh, John Madden biopic coming out, and Will Ferrell's going to play John Madden. How cool is that? Yeah. I'm a sucker for well, a Well, that's uh, it's a rumor. Oh, it's not. It's not official. I read yeah. it before I got here. By like pretty a pretty, sure a rumor. like a reputable source. Let me. You know what? Live fact checking right now. We we might as well be Joe Rogan. Let's see. All right. Let's see. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Look, John Madden. John. It, it came. It's the third one. John Madden movie. Will Ferrell reportedly to play John Madden in a new movie. There you go. Sounds like a rumor. It's to reportedly, me. but they haven't. Uh, but you know, these reporters they do Empire Online, which is definitely not. Um, man, I hope that's not the report. Oh, CBS Sports says Will Ferrell reportedly. Oh no, actor Will Ferrell oh, from Fox News. That's not going to work. Will Ferrell to play John Madden in a football movie from USA Today. I'll take that. All right, this sounds more uh, more realistic. Look, I want to. I want to see a John Madden movie. I used to love listening to John Madden call games. I love playing Madden. Obviously, who doesn't? Loved. I haven't played Madden in a few years. Um, Michael was one of the best Madden players out here, guys. Just want to put that out there. Michael, uh, you know what it is? Michael was good with the sticks, and he had the mind of football, so it was a good combination. I had the mind of football, but I sucked with the sticks. I could never, like, I could never do it. Uh, Jason again also was good with the sticks, uh, but didn't have the success Michael did for whatever reason in Madden. 
Um, but yeah, I'm trying to see this movie. I'm I'm not a big movie buff. I'm not a big movie guy. I haven't seen a lot of movies recently. Um, but I'll see this one. Let me tell you. Also, Michael, have you seen Chimp Empire on Netflix? No, but uh, mom and dad told me they watched it because of you, and it was entertaining. Oh, excellent! Go watch it. Mom said, and I quote, "I wouldn't watch it again." <laughs> no, no, you can't watch but it. It again. was good. You can't watch it again. Because, I mean, how long are you going to watch Chimps? Let's be real. It's about Chimps. But anyway. I'm not a big uh, documentary nature guy at all. I I only watch documentaries. I stopped watching movies and I just started watching documentaries and series. And I got to finish watching Dave. I'm like halfway into through Dave and I got to continue watching it. It's hard to find time to watch TV when you have a podcast, you have a job, and you have two kids. I will say that. And an app. Uh, Michael, you're on X, and I don't even know what this word is, to be honest. Yeah, this might be me... my this might be my first uh my my first um what do you call word tomorrow? Wordle. This might be my first word. Yeah, word if you're listening and not watching, here's a the spelling bee started, right? So spell Zeric. No idea what the nationality is. X E R I C is how you spell it. But Tim, you I got the odd. You know, the two, I mean, the three, the five, the seven, which gave me X and Z. So with X, you know, I had to think outside the box a little bit, try to find the word for X. And I stumbled across Zarek, which means very dry, no moisture. So my question is, will Jimmy G be able to thrive in the Zarek desert environment in Las Vegas? Mm. Heading over to Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs and company. We've seen, I think, honestly... There's a lot of discussion around, you know, winning quarterbacks like, oh, this guy's a winner, you know, or is it because the team is really good? And Kyle Shanahan is your offensive and coordinator. Kyle Shanahan's offensive coordinator. Yeah, we see this all the time, you know, quarterbacks who win because they are very good or quarterbacks who win because they're just in a great environment. And Mike McDaniel like, was yeah, coaching you. And I feel like Jimmy G might be the number one case study like of all time trying to figure out here is Jimmy G actually good or has he just been in a terrific spot his entire career? Because look, even in like New England, he played decent there when he was given the chance. Um, but in San Fran, the games where he was missing prior to this season where Brock Purdy took over and started playing really well in the giant, uh, excuse me, in the 49ers were winning a lot. The, the 49ers would struggle without Jimmy G like, they, they it wasn't just a gimme like, oh, replace the quarterback and it's fine. That wasn't until this year that that happened. Like Jimmy G was the leader of that team. Um, and now heading over to Los, uh, excuse me, Las Vegas, not the best roster, but decent weapons with Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams and company. Interested to see if Jimmy G is able to uh, to produce some winning football as he's done his entire career or if, you know, the clock is striking midnight on the Jimmy G saga now that he's away from uh, McDaniel and Shanahan and all those good peeps. So let's see if Jimmy G will be able to uh, to thrive in Las Vegas. Remember those five games that Jimmy G came through after he was traded from the Patriots and took the worst team in the league, the Niners that year, and won five games in a row with them? He looked like the he's next a winner, Tom Brady. bro. He's a he winner. Looked, he looked like the next Tom Brady. It didn't work out that way, but he looked the part. All right. My last one, my why, 
Young tight ends why, oh, should why. never be drafted. Guys, it's very simple. In the history of the NFL, there's only been six rookies ever to record 700 receiving yards in their rookie season. Jeremy Seven, Shockey. 700 is not too much. Jeremy Shockey is one of them in 2002. Who's the other one, Michael? Who's the other one besides Jeremy Shockey? Mm-hmm. Oof. Jimmy 2017. Graham? No. Oh, uh, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, both of the Giants. Um, only eight TDs. I mean, only eight tight ends have ever produced at least six TDs in their rookie season. And Ingram is the only one to ever do both. You just don't want that. You don't want you don't want that headache at tight end, especially if you have to if you have to invest. And people are going to want to take the uh, Dalton Kincaid from the Bills. Stay away. All right? Stay away. The rookie pass catchers in general have an extremely low hit rate uh, before, obviously, this se- this last season. But before we had this, the Chris Olave class and all those guys, in the history of the NFL, 265 pass catchers. 265 pass catchers, wide receivers and tight end, drafted in the first round. Only 25 of those reach the threshold where you're happy that you have them tight end six or better. Julio Jones, AJ Green, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, CeeDee Lamb, and Justin Jefferson. That's the only rookie pass catchers, not a single tight end on that list. If you took the overall, all the receivers that were taken before that draft, 1,632 receivers and tight end over the last 20 years. Only 24 players have reached that threshold I was talking about earlier. It's just the number, the odds are against you. And we preach this every time. We preach it for Kyle Pitts. This is why I'm high on Kyle Pitts this year. Year three. Year three, same quarterback, two years in a row now. Same offense, three years in a row now. Sign me up. He's still the unicorn. He's still an athletic freak. He's still the number one slash two option on that team. But, but even the last couple of years, like the the rookie tight ends who did make an impact, like you shouldn't have drafted them, but then you could have got them on the waiver wire and Pat right, Fryermuth like and Greg Dolchik. Daniel Bellinger when he Bellinger was playing like a game or two last yeah. year. When he was playing. Dolchich was yeah. a couple of good games, but you didn't want to roster him. Trust me, I rostered him. Yeah. This is what it is. Young tight ends. Leave them. Leave Straight them facts, alone. homie. Straight facts, Michael. homie. Finish us off in this part. A little Walt Clyde action. He loves to use the word zealous. My final word is zealous here for the Chicago Bears having a very zealous offseason. The question is, is it going to be an overzealous offseason? They went out and signed Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards to super high-end um, linebackers to add to their linebacking core. Um, they added to their offensive line, Nate Davis um, specifically. They made that uh, very, very smart trade with the Carolina Panthers um, to trade back. They acquired DJ Moore and more draft capital. They had a very healthy spending and just very smart offseason if you're a team who is ready to win now. And the big question here is, will they be overzealous? Because can Justin Fields live up to the hype? 
I mean, I think everyone who listens to Brodo, or if you're new, I am not a Justin Fields fan. Um, I don't think he is going to be able to live up to the hype that they want him to be in Chicago, where he takes a step up. Like people are expecting him to take like a Jalen Hurts esque step up into like superstardom. I think that's wild. He took a step up last season, but a lot of it had to do with just his rushing ability. Like we need to see the damn guy make passes and stop taking a million sacks every single game. And we're going to have to see this season. Like he has DJ Moore now, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. That is not a bad supporting cast by any means. The running back position, Khalil Herbert um, has been very strong this far. Deontay Foreman had a very good run last season um, with the Panthers. Cole Komet, like this isn't a bad offense and they're, Offensive line is bolstered up a little bit now, too. So it's all on Justin Fields now to see if the Chicago Bears can take that step up um, and be a a contending team this season. And with that, and sir, that, that's all, folks. I think that Justin Fields is better than people think, but I don't think he has the ceiling right now. Maybe he improves. Um, but he has a good mentality. He has a good head on his shoulders, too. He's very Jalen Hurts in that way. Like, if anyone's going to improve, it's him. So I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to do better. Um, Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at Bro. The hell on. Yeah, you can see it right now. Where'd they go? What happened? What happened? Why doesn't it show know. our things? Should show our display names. There you go. Broto FF Tim, Broto FF Mike, Broto FF Jason, Broto FF Casanova, Psych Ward FF, at Broto Fantasy, at FF by Broto, BrotoFantasy.com, YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. That was 10. That was 10 things. What the hell? Uh, we got 10 things. Michael, we got 10 things. 10 things, kid. 10 things. The app. Don't forget to download the app. Uh, we will see you next time. Michael, I have a very, very important question for you. Have you read Oxtails? Uh, yes. I have. Would you eat an oxtail omelet? I'd, I'd give it a shot. I do think oxtail is very overrated, though. Really? Why? It you is. never had it in the Bronx. It is. I haven't had it in the Bronx. I, not the flavor. I like mm. the flavor of oxtail. Just every piece, like those bones, like just eating around a bone every single little piece. What? What's wrong with o- that? It's OD annoying. I mean, you gotta pick up a sushi with your chopsticks. You ain't complaining about that. I mean, I I know how to use chopsticks. So you don't know how to eat around a bone. But I'm just saying, it's annoying. Like you can't. It's not like you can't just pick up the meat and pop it in your mouth or something. Or you can't eat it off. Like every piece, you have to eat off the bone. This little tiny, like circular bone, or or not circular. I forget what the oxtail it's bone circular. looks like. Yeah, it is circular. circular. Yeah. Like it's it's annoying. It's fatty as well. It's fatty. Yeah, I, I think it tastes good. It's just, you know, it it's a little great. annoying. You got to get some oxtail in the Bronx. A little uh, little rice and beans. Spectacular. I had to stop eating it because they put flour. And I'm, I, don't, I don't fuck flour. Hey, I don't doubt it. I'm sure I'd like it. Um. All right. That Well, that's our oxtail conversation for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Later.